0: This is episode number 35 of the Raising Mums podcast. Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully, and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. So let's talk about educating children under five at home. So when it comes to educating your little ones, how do you go about it? So in this live session, I'm going to give you some really important information and resources so that you can educate your little ones at home. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Um, so I've got Facebook going here. I've got Instagram going here. I can see lots of you popping on. If you guys on Facebook can let me know if you can hear me this week, I know we had some technical issues last week. Um, So, if you don't know me, my name's Gemma. I am the founder of the award winning blog, Our Muslim Homeschool. I am the host of this podcast, Raising Mums. um, And I am the creator of the homeschooling course, Launch Your Homeschool. I've got four kids and we homeschool in the northwest of England. And today, before we start the session about educating children at home, I want to introduce today's sponsor. So today's sponsor is Bismillah Bees. So I've got all of Bismillah Bees' books, well, all of the books that I own um, here with me right now. Um, All right, so I'm just going to talk to you about Bismillah Bees before we get started. So Bismillah Bees is a Sadaqajaria business, and their mission is to develop um, Children's Love for Allah and An Enthusiasm for Islam. Um, Bismillah bees create these beautiful, engaging children's books and songs and activities for Muslim kids age zero through to six years old. Um And I've got some of these books here. These are just some of the books that we have. There are more, but these are the ones that I grabbed and I want to show them to you while I tell you about them. So... um As you can see, the illustrations are bright, and they're beautiful, um, and they're very engaging. They do make faceless editions. So if you prefer faceless books, they do have that as well. Um, So this one is... Uh, it's springtime, so this is perfect for this kind of this time of year. Um, as we're going into March, it teaches children the word Alhamdulillah, it teaches them about spring and the characters in there are Muslim, which is lovely and something that I really appreciate about them is the diversity in their books. They make a real effort to make sure that there is diversity and that is important to me and I know it's important to you as well. Um, so we've got imagine me in Jannah this is one of my favourites. Um, this is uh, the characters in here, imagine what it's like in Jannah and they describe it and then at the end it gives your children an opportunity to tell you what they think Jannah is like. So I think that's lovely. There's wonderful hedge. Um, There's this one, Good Deeds Just to Please Allah. And this reminds me, there are songs that go along with these books if you want to. So you can go onto YouTube or onto their website and there's a little song that goes along with it, which is really lovely. So either your children can watch it or you can watch it. And then as you read it, you kind of know the tune as you go along. Very, very nice. Um, And did I say Five Pillars? that is a really catchy tune. I love that. Um, so there are eight books in total. I've got about five of them here. So there's the five pillars. There's potty training from like the Muslim perspective of potty training, which is nice. Um, so there's potty training. There's five pillars. There's um, prayer, salah gratitude, jannah, hajj. There's a book about Ramadan that's coming up, so that might be useful to you. And recently they launched a book, um, they've launched children's journals that encourage children to build tawakal or reliance on Allah and improve their mental health. I think that sounds really interesting. So Bismillah Bees have very kindly offered you guys 10% off. So all you have to do is go to bismillahbees.com and at the checkout, if you use the discount code OMH, 2021. So that's OMH 2021. You get 10% off. And that's at BismillaBees.com. Really, really love them. Um, can't recommend them enough for children ages zero to six years old. Okay, so today we're talking about educating children under five at home. Assalamu alaikum Najma, Sabina, uh Alhamdulillah, right, okay. Oh, thank you so much. You're typing it in. Brilliant. Yes. That's thank you so much. Homemade teacher. Brilliant. So we're talking about educating children under five at home. And what a beautiful topic this is. I'm, it's really a, such a blessing and a privilege to be able to speak to you about this because that age is so beautiful. The innocence, you know, you get it's that idea of fitra, the the pure natural state of the human being. You see that in the child at that age. You see their natural inclination to tawhid to, to, to the oneness of Allah. And it's a beautiful, beautiful age. Um, and when it comes to teaching them, there's a lot of information out there. There's the scientific information. There's what they do in school. There's a lot out there. But what's really interesting is that there's a lot of overlap. There's overlap between the Charlotte Mason philosophy, our understanding of um, Islamic tradition, and there's overlap with science. Now, I'm not gonna go into that into a lot of detail here, but if you're on my course, Launch Your Homeschool, um, there was more information on that overlap and a lot more information in the bonus masterclass that I did in January. So you can go look that up. It's more than an hour long and you can dip dip into that there and get more information on that. What I wanna focus on here is the practical stuff. I want to get into the practical implications of how you actually do this in your home. And I know that's what most of you want. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to split this into age groups. I'm going to start by talking about how we educate children ages zero to two at home. And then we're going to move on to three to five-year-old group. So if we start with zero to two years old. So how do you educate a child at home who is between the ages of zero to two? What does that look like? How do you encourage their development? The key for this stage is to focus on the five senses. So you focus on hearing, sight, taste, smell, and touch, okay? The key there is to focus on the five senses for that age. So, you want to try and create activities, experiences for them that stimulate one or more of their senses every day. So, an example of how do you stimulate hearing in a baby? You talk to them, you read aloud to them, you sing, you do nursery rhymes, you read books. Or you go out for a walk and they hear all the things around them and the birds singing. So that's an example of how you would stimulate their hearing. How do you stimulate their sight? How do you stimulate a baby's sight? You can give them books to look at. You can show them toys. You can have mobiles above the cot. um, And again, you can take them for a walk, take them out of the house to see um, the bigger world. So we've had hearing and sight Now, taste is a fun one for babies. You can experiment a lot with little kids. So one way of doing that is different tastes, but not just um, tastes, also textures of food and temperatures. Try giving your little ones ice cubes or warm porridge, you know, keep it safe. But that is another way to stimulate that sense. Um, smell as well, foods, perfumes, flowers, anything with a strong smell and touch. A lot of us do focus a lot on touch because of toys, but think outside of toys, other things in your home, um, things in your garden, natural things that they can pick up and hold. What you'll notice with this is that if you already live in a very busy home, if you're cooking every day, if you have a few people living at home with you, you're probably already doing a lot of this already, you know, like if you're cooking every day, you're stimulating their sight, their taste, their smell, and and their touch if they're feeding themselves on a regular basis, so for this age, it's very, very simple, zero to two, focus on their five senses, I'll give you some examples of things that we've done with my baby, Uh, and I mentioned this inside my course, but one thing that we've done recently is, you know, those muffin trays that you put into your oven, with the little holes and the little compartments. So my baby, the other day, he got a tin of roses down. And our roses are, if you're not in the UK, they're chocolates wrapped in colorful foil. And they make a crinkly noise when you touch them and they're all different colors and all different smells. And so he took those roses and he was putting them inside that muffin tray that normally I would cook with and he could play with that while I was doing something in the kitchen. Um, We also have loads of different kinds of soaps in the bathroom and so when I'm in there brushing my teeth he goes through those soaps and he smells all the different ones and he plays with the different wrappers and they make different noises you don't need to invest in expensive toys and expensive resources for that age unless you want to. I know it's fun to shop for toys, but if you're not in a position to be able to do that um, or you just want to use what you already have, it's very, very doable for that age. Um, and I mentioned I'm to- um, going for a walk. When you're going for a walk, that is there's so much stimulation for little kids at that age. So don't just keep your baby in the pushchair or in your baby carrier let him experience what's going on outside. Let him hold a leaf. Let him hold a little twig in his hand when you push him around. Um, let him see the birds and the clouds and talk to him uh, while you're you're out for your walks. Um, yes. So this age is beautifully simple, very, very easy. And um, don't overcomplicate it. Um, you, This is something that anybody can do and have a lot of fun with. So how do you do this practically? If you're a new mum and you're not already doing a lot of this thing anyway, try and focus on one activity a day. Just intentionally think, okay, today, what am I gonna do for my little baby? And create an activity that stimulates as many of those senses as you can. Um, but like I said, if you've been doing this for a while, you're probably already doing a lot of this, naturally. Um, or uh, if you live in a busy home, you may well be doing this as well. So now we're going to move on to the three to five-year-olds. Now, this is where it gets a little bit more complicated. So if you would like to, I would encourage you to grab a paper and a pen because it gets a little bit more complicated here. Um, now, I do have a handout for this and if you're on my mailing list I will send that to you on Friday along with the newsletter if you're not on the mailing list by all means when we're finished here go over to our muslimhomeschool.com and put your email somewhere there and then on Friday I will send you the the handout to go with this so for ages three to five I really like the framework that is used in the nurseries in the UK. This is called the Early Years Foundation Stage Framework. It's a big mouthful, EYFS. Basically, this is seven categories of learning um, that all learning falls under. Plus, I add on number eight, which is, of course, Islamic education. So there are eight categories that um, we're going to be learning about that your children's learning is going to fall into. Um, And this is the framework used in nurseries and preschools here in the UK. So if you're not planning on homeschooling, then it might give you some reassurance to know that you are in some way keeping up with what they would be doing in nursery and in preschool. So let's go through them. Now, There, like I said, there are eight. The first one is communication and language. And I've compiled that with literacy because I think it works very well. So the first two categories, communication, language, and literacy. So how do you teach a three, four, five-year-old to have good communication skills? How do you teach them language? By speaking to them, by talking to them. It's very, very easy. You talk to them, you have conversations together, you ask them questions, you ask them their opinions, and you are teaching them Language skills. You're teaching them communication skills. Sing to them. Read to them. Read aloud to them. Um, um, involve them in what you're doing. Um, and I, I mean, I maybe I overdo it, but I give an, a running commentary on quite a lot of things that I do in my life. So when I'm cooking, I'll be talking to the kids, telling them what I'm doing. Um, I'll be nattering away when I'm in the car to the baby, telling him what I see outside and, and ha- just talking away to them. And I think it has a massive impact on them. When I was, I don't know, a few years ago, I went to a Sure Start center. And that's one of these play group centers here in the UK where they run various activities. And there was a mum there. And she said, naturally, she doesn't talk a lot. She doesn't talk to her kids a lot. Unless she has to. And so she said to me that most of the time her, it was very quiet in her home. It was, you know, there was, it was silent basically, unless she had to speak to her child. And she said that her child had, um, speech delay. And she had been advised by whichever medical person she went to that the reason for that was simply because she wasn't speaking enough to him and she wasn't, giving him enough opportunities to speak to other people. And so that was something that was encouraged for her. Um, so my cat has joined us. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so um, so it's not just speaking. That's a big part of it. But also in terms of literacy, reading aloud to them. But not just reading books. Read everything and anything you can get your hands on. Read Road signs, read labels on pots and, and sauces and things in the supermarket. Use every opportunity you can to read and to spark that curiosity in your children. Um, it's also a really good idea at that age to keep some crayons, some pencils, some scrap paper handy. Um, just to allow your children to experiment and build up their confidence in it. Um, Uh, Okay. And so this doesn't just apply for English. Okay. If you are in a home where you are speaking many languages, this age is a great age to help and encourage your children to learn a second or even a third language. Now, unfortunately, I only speak English. And so my children only speak English. But from the research I've done and the reading and from other people I've spoken to, it does not affect their ability to speak English long term if you teach them a second language. And research has shown that actually it it gives them an advantage uh, mentally in terms of their brain development if they learn, if for children who are bilingual. So if you are in a home where you speak more than one language, please teach your children that second language simply by speaking it in the home. Um, The third category, so the first two categories were communication, language, and literacy. The third category is personal, social, and emotional development. That's a big one, you know, emotional development, personal, social development. What does that mean? How do you teach your children emotional intelligence? Um, The main way is by parental example, by your example, You are with your children most of the day and you have a big impact on them. So be mindful of the way you act around them and the way you treat them. So how do we treat them? How do we teach our children to have the best sort of social and emotional development? We take the example of the prophet, peace be upon him, in as much as we can. How did he treat the children around him? He treated them with kindness and compassion and respect. He kissed them. He was affectionate with them. He was never harsh. And that is something we have to try our best um, to to do in our own homes as much as we can and to constantly strive for that. Um, Another way to encourage children to develop socially is, of course, playdates. As much as possible when this horrible lockdown lifts, arrange playdates with neighbours, with cousins, with friends, kids, as much as you can um field trips outside of the home you know when my kids were little I used to live well not live but we would go at least once a week to the museum or the library both free here where I live and we would stay there and the kids would run off and I would sit on a bench for 10 minutes with my canteen of coffee and just revel in that 10 minutes while well, they ran off and they were learning and they were playing and they were speaking to other kids. And I think it's really, really important to get out of the house as much as possible. Um, and also books. You wouldn't imagine that children can develop emotionally and personally from books. But of course, books present Lives that they may never live. It gives children a perspective on the world that may they may never experience, of people they may never meet. And so, having really good quality living books at home and reading them to your children is very, very valuable. It's not just about literacy. It's not just about learning to read. It helps them to to develop um, emotionally as well. So, the fourth category. So, we had the first three. We have communication language literacy number three was personal social and emotional development number four is understanding the world that's a huge thing a huge topic but that is what it's called and what does that mean it means developing some kind of understanding of the world outside of your home so that could mean geography that could mean nature science all manner of things history so again, your focus here should be living books, great books, good children's literature and other kind of reference books. And you can find for that age age range, three to five, the libraries here in the UK have some great stuff. So go to your, your lo- local library and have a look at what you can find. Nature study at that age is a big focus for the Charlotte Mason education. And even if you don't follow Charlotte Mason, I think that nature study can be so much fun for that age, taking the kids out, letting them see uh, the world around them, notice the birds, notice the different clouds, make a note of the weather, whatever it is, wherever you live, nature study is a great way to teach your children to have an, an understanding and appreciation for the world. Taking field trips and of course, having things at home like a globe or an atlas. The fifth category Um, is expressive art and design. So expressive art and design, what does that mean? The, The key here is the word expressive. The focus for expressive art is on the process. It's not on the final product. The focus is on the process of creating, not on what that final product looks like. So don't be that helicopter mum who hovers over their child expecting perfection and picking up and like nitpicking on the little things. Allow your children to explore um, whatever medium it is that you've given them. So that could be obviously paints and crayons and and drawing, that kind of thing. It can also be Play-Doh. Something that we really enjoy doing at home is something called junk modeling, which is essentially getting things out of your recycling bin, and sticking them together to construct something. Um, And that's been a lot of fun. And again, it's just about letting the kids do it and standing back, you know, not hovering, just being there if they can't open the glue or they can't do something technical, but allowing them to lead the activity. Um, Also things like magnet tiles, blocks, Lego as well. That can be very creative if you allow it. So again, the point with this one Do not be a helicopter mum. Don't teach your children that, you know, what they're doing is not... Because if you if you hover and you pick at what they're doing, if they draw their house upside down or lopsided or they put the door on the roof or something, if you tell them that's not right, what are you teaching them? You're teaching them that their ideas are not important, that they're not capable, and you're teaching them that to stifle their creativity. You're stifling their creative flow and the point is the complete opposite of art is to encourage it so just stand back and let them let them do their stuff um so the sixth category for that age range is maths and maths is uh again it's very and I think I've said this word a lot in this session it's very simple (laughs) it's talking about counting simple calculations um, shapes learning to tell the time up to a certain point, um, putting things in order, sorting things into categories and so this can all be done through play again. So we're talking about things like um, maybe you could sort the fruit into size or into categories they could um, learn weight and use the scales they can get puzzles. Um, playing shop is something that my children like and they've they've learned money through playing shop. Um, they've also learned to write the numbers by labeling everything with the price. Um, Cooking as well is a great way to learn things like that as well. So maths at this age, counting basic calculations like adding and taking away, shapes, time, putting things in order and sorting things into categories. And all of that can be done through play. Um, I I should mention here... When people say play, play play-based activity, there is this idea that somehow play is not as effective as real schoolwork. But research has actually shown the complete opposite for this age, that play-based learning is more effective than the traditional instruction, direct instruction approach. So don't think that you're giving your children some kind of wishy-washy education by focusing on play. The opposite is, in fact, true. The seventh category is physical development. So physical development is divided into two categories, fine and gross motor. So fine motor skills are the pincer grip for the pencil or the pen. Um, It's like beading beads onto a string. It's that very fine skill, um, manipulation with your hands. Whereas gross motor is jumping, skipping, hopping, all of those kinds of things. Um, That is gross motor skills. So this category actually covers both of them. And so something that is... uh, a very easy way for you to encourage physical development in your children is to get them outdoors as much as you can. Let them play freely outdoors. Um, If you imagine a child who is in the woods or, you know, at the park, they are climbing, they are balancing on logs, they're up the tree, they're running, they're jumping, they're playing tag, they're also exploring. They find something disgusting under a rock and they pick at it or they're looking at the leaves and they're inspecting. There's so much fine motor and gross motor skills going on um, when they're outdoors. But if you're not able to get outdoors, you can also implement things like that indoors. A lot of play inside is great for physical development in that category as well that you have learning to write. Now, learning to write is really interesting because there are a few stages to it. But what I want to highlight here is that children who have a strong core strength, so core, like as in their muscles in their in their abdomen, um, are more capable of writing. So it's not just strength in the hands. Actually, you have to also develop core strength core stability to be able to write well. So the first stage of writing should always be to encourage exercise and physical activity. Then you move on to pre-writing, which is things like drawing lines and drawing crosses. And then you move on to the alphabet. Um, And then the final category. Category number eight is their Islamic education. And this is, of course, the most important. Um, this age of like zero to five is the stage when their brains are most malleable, they're most pliable, the most elastic, and they're growing at the fastest rate. It's also the stage where their hearts are so pure and innocent, and this is the chance where you can really plant that seed in their heart of of faith and of love for the things that are good and a hatred for the things that are bad. It's a very very critical stage um and so how do we teach our children islamic principles when they're so young again playful activities through your example and through conversations you know something like when your son smiles you can say to them your smile it reminds me of the prophet peace be upon him it's so beautiful or when you're out for a walk and you hear the birds singing and you say subhanallah you know, isn't that beautiful that Allah made that for us? Things like that encourage a love of Allah, a love of the Prophet, peace be upon him, without having to lecture, without having to give a sermon. Um, so there are there are a few things that you can do, okay? There are a few, you know, obviously, it's conversation, obviously through your example, um, and, you know, that is a way for you to really um, step up your game. You know, th- since I've had children, I've been more aware of my own example towards them. It's really helped me to, uh, to continue to improve upon my manners and my character. Um, things like having really good books, you know, like we talked about Bismillah B's books, to read to them. Um, so there are, where would you start with that? So there are a few ideas. Obviously, you teach them about Allah and Tawheed, the the oneness of Allah. You can teach them the Shahada, the five pillars, the six articles of faith. You can start helping them to memorize surahs from the Qur'an. So you would start with the shorter ones. And you can teach them about the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his life um, and his story. And then you can go on from there. Depends on what your aspirations are for your children um, and, and what your resources are. But that's somewhere that you can certainly start. So let's just go through those eight categories. Um, and remember, if you want the handout with all of those listed on that, I'm happy to send that to you. Just pop your name down on my website there, the email down on my website. Go to ourmuslimhomeschool.com, put your email there. And then when the newsletter goes out on Friday, I will add in the handout with the newsletter. So the eight categories are, number one, communication and language. Number two, literacy. Number three, personal, social and emotional development. Number four, understanding of the world. Number five, expressive art and design. Number six, maths. Number seven, physical development. And number eight, Islamic education. It's a lot. I, I'm i sure many of you are watching this now feeling completely overwhelmed. Like how do I piece all of this together? So the best way that I would encourage you to do, is I want you to think about one activity for the morning, one activity for the afternoon, and one activity for the evening. So, for example, in the morning, you might say, okay, in the morning, we're going to do a maths puzzle. Now, the maths puzzle, obviously, it's teaching maths. Um, If you're sitting down with your child, it's teaching communication. If you're talking through... um, talking through the puzzle and actually interacting together. It's teaching your children social development. Obviously, if he's reading as well, then that's literacy. So just from doing a puzzle for 10, 15 minutes in the morning with you, your child has hit four of those categories, maths, communication, literacy and social development. Then in the afternoon, you might go to the park. So obviously in the park, physical development is happening in a big way. But also, you could incorporate other things like maths. You know, when every time he hops on a paving slab or something, you count, or you do skip counting, or um, any any kind of um, game you can play. You can incorporate maths or rhymes, even. Um, obviously, again, in the park it's understanding of the world. So you can do nature study. Um, you can just talk about the things that you see as you walk around. And then in the evening, you could read a book. You could read an Islamic storybook before bed. And this, again, you're hitting Islam, but you're also hitting communication skills and literacy. So from that, you can see that one activity can cover more than one category. Um, There's a lot of overlap. You can plan as much as you want. So some people like to plan out the week. They say, okay, we'll divide the week up. We've got one activity in the morning, one for the afternoon, one for the evening. And they'll literally plan it out for the whole week. Other people have not got the bandwidth for that. They've got a little baby at home. That's fine. You can do it impromptu. That's absolutely fine. The only thing is if you plan it, you can make sure that you're covering all of those eight categories evenly throughout the week. But just do what you can, inshallah. Um, now... You can. I hope you can see from this that you can definitely do this yourself. You don't need to. You don't need to buy a, a curriculum for preschool or for kindergarten. But if you want to, you can. You, the, the curriculum are not going to cover any more than we have done here. It's going to have the same ideas in it, except it will plan it out for you. It will tell you what to do each day, but you will still be hitting these same seven or eight categories. And you know something, I really enjoy doing it myself. Even when I was my first child, it was a really fun experience to explore this new way of learning with my children and growing together. And I would encourage you to give it a go. Um, it's perfectly doable um, and it can be really enjoyable and really fun. Okay, if there's any questions, please pop them in the question thing here at the bottom Instagram. Um, And you guys on Facebook, if you want to pop them in the comments, I will answer what I can. Um, Right, let's start here on Facebook. Bismillah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Anam has asked about ch- children under seven, two. Uh, my daughter is six. Okay. Anum, I, I think it's better if you email me. Um, so if you email Gemma or our Muslim homeschool, and then I, with a bit more information, then I can give you an answer about your daughter in more depth and um, more personalized, inshallah. Okay. Misbah has asked, when you have multiple kids and the toddler wants the elders wants what the elders are doing. How do you deal with that? It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard, Miss Bass. So what I do is I do as much as I can in when the baby's napping, when the toddler is napping. I also try and give my toddlers activities. So we spoke about some of the activities before that deal with those five senses. I typically will get things out of the kitchen and let him play with them. So he was playing with he was playing with something, he was cooking something yesterday uh, and that kept him busy for five, ten minutes so I could read a chapter from a book. Um, It's just finding little pockets of time and it's hard, Miss, but it is really hard and there's no real solution that's going to solve the problem. Um, But yes, try and find little activities and do what you can during nap time or even in the evening. Um, If you're homeschooling, It doesn't have to be during normal school hours. Why not do a little bit after dinner when the baby or the toddler's asleep? Uh, Where can I find a list of living books? Okay, that's a great question. So Ambleside Online, for this age range, I would say year zero. Also Simply Charlotte Mason, look at their preschool book list and um, Read Aloud Revival as well. Um, And obviously for Islamic children's books, check out bismillahbees.com. Um, are they available online as I'm in Pakistan? Yes, so for the for the Ambleside online and simply Charlotte Mason, some of them will be available as ebooks. Yeah. Um okay, so those are all about living books. So if you guys check out those book lists inshallah they will have a lot of great things for you. Okay, let's have a look what's going on at Instagram. <laughs> it's a great question so Ayan has asked is the morning basket restricted to the mornings if you guys don't know what the morning basket is check out my youtube channel I did a, a extensive explanation on that about the morning basket um so is it restricted to the morning no absolutely not it's just called morning basket or morning time but many families find that it actually works better for their routine to fit it in the afternoon or sometimes even in the evening um it's just a name. You can put it wherever you like. I am um, okay. Next question. Any more? Okay. So homemade teacher has asked, can you recommend any preschool reception curricula, please? Now I haven't used any um, myself, but I have heard nice things about. Hmm, what's the name of it? It's not flourish with Charlotte. There's a Charlotte Mason one. I will text you. <laughs> I will I will DM you. But what you want to be looking at is ones that are nature-based or Charlotte Mason-influenced um, because then they won't be too academic. There will be a lot of hands-on activities and a lot of living books included in them. But we never have used preschool uh, curriculum or, re- or reception curriculum because I just enjoy making it myself. Um, yeah, if I can remember the name... I will DM you, inshallah. Um, And then we have... Okay, so the precious Gemma says, I find it hard to teach my six-year-old and four-year-old together. How do I do that? Separate timings or teach together? If you find it hard... To teach them together, then separate them. That's fine. Make sure that you keep the lessons short for that age. Um, as much movement in their day as possible. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, I don't know why you're finding it difficult. If, if it's because they're being disruptive and they're just they're, they're annoying each other, um, then yeah, of course you can separate them. You don't have to teach them together. Um, Sometimes I find the younger one can be disruptive towards the elder one just because they they feel like they're missing out. So sometimes it helps to do the youngest one first, fill up their love tank, give them lots of cuddles and attention and then move on to the elder child. But I don't know the specifics of what's going on in your home. Um... Yeah, so Sabina has said, no matter how interesting I try to make the activities, the children always look forward to watching TV again. How do you manage screen time? It's really hard. I have done a whole uh, IGTV um, about screen time. Uh, if it's not on IGTV, it'll be on my YouTube channel. So definitely check that out, Sabina. But I think that for me, the key is they just don't get a lot of screen, <laughs> my kids. And when they do, um, you know, We we keep our screen time limited. It's not during school days. So during school days, they know they're not going to get screen later on. So they're not always just looking forward to screen time at the end. They're actually focusing on the activity at hand, which means that they can enjoy it. We keep screen time just to the weekends when there's no schoolwork. Um, that might be something you want to try out. But definitely do check out that uh, YouTube video that I did all about screen time. And it was a, it was a more balanced view. It was pros and cons. Um, so that might be something that interests you. Okay. So remember, if you want to get the handout to this with all eight categories for that three to five-year-old, go to our Muslimhomeschool.com pop your email address in somewhere there and I will send that handout to you with the newsletter on Friday. So to review, if you have a child aged zero to two, focus on the five senses. If you have a child aged three to five, then use the EYFS framework plus Islamic education as well. So I'll be back again next Sunday at 4 p.m. inshallah to do another live session about homeschooling. Um, And before I leave, do not forget to get your 10%, 10% discount from Bismillah Bees. So go to bismillahbees.com, use the discount code OMH2021 and you'll get 10% off, inshallah. Thank you guys for joining me live here today. Thank you so much and inshallah, I'll see you next Sunday. Asalaamu Alaikum.